0: This is Democracy on the Move. (music) Democracy on the Move is a podcast tribute to the people and organizations who dare to reimagine our nation and drive it back to its original promise of democracy. This episode is being released on Sunday, January 15, 2023. I'm Dan Schaefer, your host for today's podcast, and thank you for joining us. Today, we'll talk about bare arms and gas stoves. And when I say bare, I mean bare as in B-A-R-E, as in not clothed. But first, those who pump millions of dollars into our political campaigns obviously expect something in return. The outright purchasing of political influence in this country has gotten out of hand, especially since the infamous 2010 Supreme Court ruling of Citizens United. But we can fight back. Check out Move to Amend. Move to Amend is an organization dedicated to passing a constitutional amendment to end corporate rule and the corrupting influence of big money in elections. For more information, you can find Move to Amend online at movetoamend.org. As I mentioned a short time ago, I'd like to talk about bare arms and gas stoves. What does one have to do with the other? Well, nothing. At least, it was nothing until the latest phase of the culture wars got underway in earnest as the U.S. Congress and state congresses across the nation reconvened this month. No doubt there were serious issues to discuss and hurdles to overcome. I mean, we have a border crisis, inflation, flooding, secret documents turning up on personal property. The war in Ukraine? Lots of important issues that are just going to have to wait until we clear the deck of the stuff that really matters. I roll my eyes as I say this. Now we all know by now that out of the starting block, things fell apart at the U.S. House of Representatives. The starting block actually became more of a stumbling block as the U.S. House of Representatives could not get its act together and elect a speaker. Now, this is pretty important stuff because without a speaker, the House is constitutionally prevented from conducting any business. It couldn't even swear in any new members until a new speaker was chosen. But after 15 rounds of voting, along with a lot of arm twisting and compromising, a speaker was finally chosen. Now, I personally have mixed feelings about this. Initially, I thought it was an embarrassing scenario because it exposed the weak underbelly of the majority House leader. But I did a lot of thinking about this scenario, and I came to realize that, in an idealistic sense, this wasn't necessarily such a bad thing. It's part of who we are. It's part of our strength as a nation. Yeah, kind of, anyways. Allow me to get technical for a moment. For the metallurgists out there, you may be familiar with the term annealing. Yes, that's all one word. Annealing. A-N-N-E-A-L-I-N-G. Annealing. Annealing is a process by which you improve the strength of a metal by heating it slightly above what's called its recrystallization temperature, and then slowly cooling it so that it can crystallize into a stronger structure. On a molecular level, the atomic structure of the metal vibrates violently with the high temperatures until links between the atomic structures are broken. But when you cool it slowly, you allow more efficient, stronger links to take hold. In the end, you get a singular crystalline structure where each atomic bond is strongly connected to its neighbor. The metal becomes a lot stronger after being heated and cooled slowly in this way. And so it is with human nature. People who are animated with passion bounce around like heated molecules, and in doing so, they talk with lots of other people. They communicate their grievances, they begin to look for ways to get what they want, they look for the proverbial win-win situation, And in the end, they form bonds of trust that strengthens the overall group. Now, the idea here is to get people talking, interacting, informing. Yeah, maybe a fight or two breaks out, but this is the way we humans solve problems. Now, sometimes these fights turn into wars and the whole structure falls apart. But, fortunately, more often than not, the process yields a greater understanding and trust between people. And overall solutions then become possible and it increases the effectiveness of our government. So, did this happen on the floor of the U.S. House of Representatives? Eh, kinda. The Republicans finally settled their differences, and everybody on the R team got something out of the deal. My disappointment was that the Democrats were not included in this deal-making at all. In my opinion, they could have and they should have offered to cooperate to some degree, to become part of this human-annealing process. Because then there would have been some bonds that could have yielded some trust so that, going forward, something could actually be done on the House floor that benefits everyone. We would have a stronger, more united government that can then set about addressing the important issues we face today. But unfortunately, this did not happen. The Republicans thought it necessary that they alone close ranks and crystallize among themselves and leave out the Democrats altogether. Now, I'm not blaming anyone, because from what I understand, the Democrats, living within their own crystalline structure, didn't reach out and try to help. So we end up with two separate crystalline structures, leaving a huge fracture running right down the middle of the House of Representatives. So this is a problem, isn't it? The way this two-party system is set up, the winning side takes all and the losing side gets nothing, and therefore... We're doomed to suffer this permanent fracture in our political system. And it is precisely because of this fracture that things get dangerous. Each side of this fracture struggles to convince the American culture that their side is the best. If only people would just get on their side, they could form a unified, effective government. Well, The problem is that not everyone can get on board, at least not right away, without having their concerns addressed. And rather than continuing this human-annealing process to find the best overall solution, a shortcut emerges. The shortcut is this. Don't compromise. Close ranks. Annihilate the competition. So rather than trying to include all people in a single, effective governing body, each party seeks ultimate power through elimination of the competition. Does this sound authoritarian? Perhaps even fascist? Well, I mean, think about it. When your quest for power necessitates eliminating your perceived enemies, yeah, it's authoritarian. And it becomes fascist when fractures in the power structure are based along racial and cultural lines. So it is in this struggle for ultimate control over all, uber alles, that the gas stove emerges. It sounds weird, but gas stoves get wedged into this opening fracture. It's all part of what we call the culture war. It's a war of sorts, and its objective is to make it culturally acceptable to demonize the competition by making them sound unfit to be American citizens. It's a path that leads directly to annihilation. Yes, the issue of gas stoves sounds silly, and if you were an alien race zooming in from outer space in your flying saucer, you might take one look at this issue and have a good laugh. But beneath the surface, beneath the silliness, lurks a sinister motive of annihilation. Here's the story. When a report emerged that a Democratic member of the U.S. Consumer Product Safety Commission told Bloomberg News that gas stoves could potentially be banned due to their health hazards, including asthma in children, well, it didn't take long for Republicans to realize that they have yet another issue that they can use to convince everyone that their side reigns supreme and the other side is an enemy of the people. It didn't take long for players like Representative Ronnie Jackson, a Texas Republican, to exclaim, quote, I'll never give up my gas stove. If the maniacs in the White House come from my stove, they can pry it from my cold, dead hands. Notice the thinly veiled reference to death and war. As if he would actually fight to the death to protect his gas stove. It sounds absolutely silly and absurd that someone would die for their gas stove, But the underlying message is very, very clear. He would fight to the death to win a much larger war. A war for supreme control and power. A war in which the other side must be annihilated. But who really wins in this war? Let's focus on the gas stove, for example. Who is really taking a look at the science behind the warning about gas stoves and saying, You know... Maybe there's something to all this. Maybe it's true that our kids are suffering from asthma from the fumes of a gas stove. For our kids' sake, maybe we ought to take a closer look. And maybe we can find a way to properly ventilate our stoves so that our kids don't get asthma and we can still cook over an open flame. The solution could be simple. And everyone wins. I mean, if you throw enough smart people at the problem and find compromises, you might just emerge with with a large variety of safe gas stoves, and everybody wins. But no, the culture war, being part of a zero-sum game of annihilation, has shut down any such conversation. The safety of our children has been politicized. So in the end, we all lose. Another example of how the culture war has manifested is right here in Missouri, where once again the state has been embarrassed on a national level. Newsweek even picked up this story, and the Daily Beast wrote about it, saying, quote, Missouri lawmakers, fresh off stripping women of abortion rights last year, turned their attention to another pressing matter when they returned to the state capitol this week, women's bare arms. In its first session of the year on Wednesday, the Republican-controlled State House of Representatives tightened its dress code for women, but not men, to require female lawmakers to cover their arms. Yeah, you heard that right. Bear arms. Not as in the Second Amendment's right to bear arms, but what I mean here is bare, as in unclothed arms. This is especially ridiculous in light of the last year's stunt by a state senator, by the name of Mike Moon, when he wore a pair of bib overalls on the floor of the Senate chamber. Yeah, it was a stunt, but in Mike's defense, he said he was, quote, simply wearing the attire of what many people in his district wear when they are at work. Eh, fair enough. But it still doesn't meet with the dress code. Mike was subsequently stripped of his committee assignments and eventually had to crawl his way back by apologizing for his behavior. But I think this bare-arms issue takes the argument in a whole new direction. I mean, women were singled out for their attire, but not the men, especially the man that dared to wear bib overalls. The legislative body could have at least attempted to balance the equation a bit by defining a strict dress code for the men as well, but no. It was the sight of women's bare-arms that the legislative body took on as its first order of business. Is this a sign of annihilation? I think so. I mean, it's all part of a culture war, and in this war, women will lose. They will lose their rights. They will lose equal standing. Now, that's not to say they had equal standing to begin with, but whatever gains they've made will be erased. Putting the right for women to bear arms as its first order of business was a clear signal that the culture wars are well underway at all levels of government. And make no mistake, these culture wars are merely a mechanism used to vilify certain folks and eventually cast them aside as those who thirst for power overshadows their sense of civic duty. With bear arms and gas stoves being the big issues of the new year, I can safely predict that we aren't going to get much done this year. It's going to be a year of culture wars on a treacherous road to annihilation. The debt ceiling, immigration, inflation, the border crisis, the war in Ukraine, they may seem important, but for some individuals, they're not as important as the raw pursuit of power. Well, that's it for this episode. I hope you enjoyed it. You've been listening to Democracy on the Move, a tribute to all those people and organizations who dare to reimagine our nation and drive it back to its original promise of democracy. Please tune in each week where we will feature guests and topics that will help keep you in touch with our march toward a more perfect union. If you have any questions or suggestions, or if you'd like to sponsor future episodes, we'd love to hear from you. Just send us an email at info at democracyonthemove.org or contact us on our webpage at democracyonthemove.org slash contact. Democracy on the Move is all one word. Theme music, Murky Waters, performed by El Music, used under license from Shutterstock. I'm Dan Schaefer, your host for today's podcast, and I'd like to thank you for tuning in. It's been my pleasure to be with you today. Please have a safe week ahead. We hope you tune in again next week.